The voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, joins us. And, Mike, it's a game week again. Did you enjoy the bye week? I did. I did. I got a chance to get away and get a little rest and kind of, uh, you know, sort of recharge overall. But I was ready to get back because now the stretch begins, and I think it's going to be a very interesting run to the end. Yeah, the Titans have moved wide receiver Julio Jones, wide receiver Racing McMath, safety Dane Crookshank to the designated to return from IR list. Doesn't mean that they will be ready for this game, but you could see a wide receiver core that includes Julio Jones and Golden Tate. That that would be, at least on paper, uh, a step up. Yeah, I, I mean, it'd be a good thing. I, I think the, the place where you are right now is you want to see how Julio responds to work because you just don't want to go through this again. I mean, the thing you can't do is you can't put him on IR again or he's done. Mm. So you want to get him back, you want to keep him back, and you want to have him for the rest of the season. Right. As for Golden Tate, where does he fit? What kind of shape is he in? How does he factor into the offense? Uh, you want to, I, I think you want to take time with that as well. You know, you don't want to be in a big hurry with it. If he needs another week, he needs another week. So – all of these things are good, you know, just like Racy. I mean, you know, Racy was a big part of our special teams before he was hurt and had really shown some progress as a receiver. Some other guys getting back too, but, you know, one of the challenges that we have seen this year through some of the injury troubles has been a guy will come back, it's like, great, and then he'll get dinged up in practice and he gets, he gets set back. And so that's nobody's fault. That's just the way it has fallen. The Titans have had bad luck. But I think they want to make sure that that doesn't happen again if possible. Do you think the bye week might help more from a mental or physical standpoint? Mental. I I think this was a ball club that was physically worn out, which I don't think is any great surprise after playing 12 weeks and sort of having some of the challenges that this ball club has had including two West Coast trips, I think that goes without saying. I think the mental part of it, uh, the struggle and the strain of having to deal with so many things on and on and on, Brent, I, I, I think that was hard. And I think that was underrated in all of it. So if you ask me the question, you know, I probably wouldn't have brought it up myself because it sounds like an excuse. But if you ask me the question, I believe the mental part of it is a big deal for this entire football team. I think the physical part of the bye goes without saying. I think that's no surprise. But I think the mental strain of it has been sort of an underrated factor in it. And, Mike, welcome back into this. The team coming back, you're saying everybody um, is probably re-energized. You are. I saw Red B. He's ready to go. I'm sure Coach Mack is. He's never not ready to go. But um, (laughs) (laughs) this team walking back into it, even though they lost going into the bye week, you're walking into a good situation. It's not like you had a long season, then you had a bye, you get to go re-energize, then you're walking back into work like, oh, let me get through it. You're coming back into a great situation where teams that you needed to win, especially if Buffalo wins tonight, have painted a picture for you to step into something that you really didn't leave, and that's being with an opportunity to be first place in the AFC. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you said it, Ron. You're – You've played 12 games. You've won eight of them. You've lost four of them. You've had a couple of really good wins and a couple of bad losses, let's face it. And then some things that are sort of in between. But that's all over. Right. 
You know, everybody can sort of say that because I, I think what we're seeing is that everybody's dance card is very similar in all of this. And, you know, it's the first time since 2002 that nobody in a conference has had less than four losses at this point in a season. So it's been 19 years since it's been like this. And the Titans are in the middle of it. That's all you could ask for. Mm -hmm. I mean, you control your own fate. I mean, if you take care of your business the rest of the way, good things are going to happen for you. And you add in um, Jacksonville – they're, that's who they got to play. They are not coming off a of bye, and they do look like they've hit a point in the season where if you would have looked at it seven, six, seven weeks ago, it would have been like, oh, man, at any point they can get over the hump and get a win. That's not how they look now. So you kind of got that in your back pocket as well, even though you can't count every win. But Well, we're going to – you know, it's funny. We're going to talk to Frank Frangi, who's the voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars on the Mike Vrabel show tonight. Be interested to get his thought on how – their bye was October 24th. Mm-hmm. Was that a was that too early for them? Do they wish they'd had it later? Because they're they're a team, you know, they've lost some folks and they're running back. James Robinson is beaten up. And mm-hmm. when you when you have the bye later and the season or you have the bye earlier and the season is not going as well, it can sometimes add up. And I think we're seeing some of that for Jacksonville right now. No DJ Chark. No Dan Arnold, no Jamal Agnew. I mean, there's some things that have hurt you. When you're eight and four and you're battling injuries, mm-hmm. it's one thing. When you're two and ten and you're battling injuries, it's another thing. Yeah, it looked like they were fighting at the beginning of yeah. yesterday's game, but once the score got just a little bit of separation, they were out. Um, well, their 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 issue is they you know they've not scored over 23 points in a game this year, so. I mean, they have some limitations offensive, not having Chark and not having Agnew and and not having Arnold, who's been a good tight end for them. I mean, they're having a hard time putting up points. So if you can get ahead and can put them in a situation where they they have to stretch it out a little bit, that's not where they want to be. It's like what happened to us in the Houston game that was such a killer is they got ahead, then they could play the game they wanted. And that's that's absolutely the opposite of where you want it to be. You want to put them in a situation where they have to try to do things that aren't easy for them. It's hard to pull things out of the last couple of games, but ultimately, uh, you know, obviously all of the turnovers were, were a huge, in, in, you know, factor in losing. But, you know, when you start to pull through it and you watch it again, 270 rush yards last time out has to do something for that team mentally. Should. I mean, should give the backs confidence. Yeah, uh, should give the offensive line some confidence. I, they can they can run the football. They showed they could run the football. Now, can they hold on to the football? Uh, because they did some things in each of the two games that they lost back to back, where you say, you know, hey, these are the sorts of things. If you don't turn the ball over, then you've got a good shot to win. Uh, over 400 yards in the Houston game, over 270 rushing in the game at New England. But as Johnny Majors used to say, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we would have. He once called my buddy Mose Phillips into the office. After the South Carolina screenplay, I was telling uh, Slay about this, and he broke nine tackles, got in the end zone. 
they failed to, to convert the two-point play and lost the game by one. He called him into his office, and he, t- and he told me, or he told Mose, he said, that was the second greatest run in Tennessee history behind Johnny Butler's run for Tennessee historians. He said, but, but nobody will remember it because we lost. <laughs> That's exactly right. 24-23 to Steve Tannehill. And they were filming the program during that game. So if you go back and watch yes. the movie, the program, you see a bunch of orange in some of the crowd shots. Uh, Which, the football by game. the way, really? they originally wanted to film at Neyland Stadium, and Doug Dickey and the University of Tennessee refused because of some of the graphic scenes in the movie. Come on, Doug. It's my guy, too, <laughs> That is man. your guy. Ah. Mo, on, said, Mo said what inspired him on that run was knowing that Howie Berry was in the building. <laughs> what? Then we should have had Halle Berry in the building every week as well as Moe's played that game. I love it. Hey, can't wait till this weekend. Get the get the guys back on the field, Mike, and get you back in the booth. Get back to work. Coach's show coming up tonight? Yes. Coach's show tonight. Uh, Coach is on the first two segments, and then Frank Frangie and then Rhett Bryan and, and Amy Wells. We've got a packed Mike Vrabel show tonight here on 104.5 The Zone. Please tweet us your questions at Titans Radio, at Titans Radio. By the way, I saw I saw Vrabes getting active on Twitter. Do you what see about his? That? How about that? Yes, he just wanted to make sure the NFL knew that that what their rule book said wasn't exactly how they called a play. He literally never well, tweets. We, never tweets. <laughs> We've seen it that a couple of times this year where they have called things or not known the rule yeah you know that came up in our game with the jets where they marked something off and it came up in the game with the rams too where they called the penalty improperly uh they were going to enforce it improperly and yeah that's, that's not good if if knowing the rules is what your job is that ought to be really important Mike, um, before you go, I just wanna I just wanna put this out there, man. Um, Red Gordy B was by my side, man, and he gave me some tips to being a spotter. So I'm on my way to getting my professional spotter degree. I ain't trying to put <laughs> nobody out of work, but if you ever need me, you know what I mean. I, if you need a ring, I'm there, <laughs> Mike. I'm just saying. That's all. I may say a word or two during the broadcast, even though I'm not supposed to talk. But <laughs> you can talk all you want. That's what I'm talking about, Mike. If you were if you were to come up there, I would give you a headset, Ron Slay. See, Babs, Mike ain't got no rules. Mike ain't got no, no rules. No, 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 no. Um, I, I don't have any rules for Ron Slay. I got rules for everybody else. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Coach Mack, baby. Nobody else, nobody else is talking. <laughs> but, well, no, Coach Mack's talking all the time anyway. He's got all that. So it'd be, it would be it would be good. I would love it. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> My man. Thank you, Mike. He's a pro now, Mike. <laughs> That's it. Trained professional. There he is. There Coach is coming up tonight. Mike Keith, the voice of the Titans.